Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Good morning. I hope you're having a great day, and welcome to Coast View. I'm Ricky Matthews. As I've done the last couple of mornings, I want to define view for you. V-U-E. It's the visual perception of a region. This is a show about celebrating coastal Mississippi, and uh, we've had a great couple of shows under our belt, and I look forward to the conversation we're going to have today. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine. It's kind of chilly outside this morning. It was a little colder than I thought it was going to be. So I got up this morning, looked out over Biloxi Bay, and it was literally the most beautiful sunrise I've ever seen. And then yesterday, I was headed to, to dinner down, you know, moving west on Highway 90. Another amazing sunset. And I, I, I can't help but think about it. Where in the world can you get such a beautiful sunset? Honestly, you really can't unless you're camped out in the uh, middle of the Pacific. And there's nobody there to enjoy that, buddy. That's, that's, that's tough. Anyway, uh, thanks, for, thanks for all you're doing to help, you know, move this show along. And Kyle's uh, been a, a terrific producer behind the scenes. So, so far this week, we, on Monday, we heard from, from Governor Barber. He talked about the Mississippi Gulf Coast and how it relates to the rest of the state. And one of the points he made was that there's 15% of the state's population on the coast. But when you look at things like manufacturing and industrial, tourism, our contribution to the state is way beyond the population base. And what I often like to think about is on one end, you've got Ingalls and Chevron. On the other end, you've got Stennis Space Center. And in between, you've got tourism and all that comes with that. But I always will come back to this. Our biggest asset is our people. And it's this wonderful collection of communities that make up coastal Mississippi. And it's a, it's a place that's full of, uh, of very colorful characters. We got to see that yesterday in, in Bob Mahoney, who told stories of early Biloxi, uh, his mother, uh, Mary Mah- Mahoney. Um, she was so colorful. And when you hear her story about entrepreneurship and her determination and her unbelievable focus on customers, it's really an inspiring story. Uh, and then from Haley, we, we learned uh, so many stories that helped us appreciate the kind of leadership that we need here in coastal Mississippi in order to keep our region strong. Uh, we t- he talked about his time working for Reagan. That's a fascinating story that he told about that. And then the thing that really stuck with me as I, as I went back and thought about this, the, uh, the conversation was the incredible bipartisan uh, support that we got after Hurricane Katrina. And to hear him tell that story, it's a real, it's a true profiling courage that, that went down, a bipartisan effort to help South Mississippi. So anyway, if you didn't see either of those interviews, go to Supertalk 103.1 website or go to the web, web page and, uh, and take a listen. I think you'll be glad you did. But so today... We've got a great couple of guests. Um, I got, I've got my friends uh, Rick Carter and Terry Green with me in the studio today. Their story is one of dogged determination. If you think about the old Edward Hickson quote that says, at f- if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, that tells their story. Their, their story is also about determination. You know, their business contributions to the coast, and in particular, Guffport, has been extraordinarily successful. And I couldn't help but think about Horatio Alger. Um, you know, he wrote many years ago these rags to riches stories. There's actually a Horatio Alger Foundation today that talks about young people can come from modest economic beginnings and, and achieve anything in their lives. I think this story 
is is what is, is it, the story of Rick Carter and Terry Green is about that. When you focus, when you set goals, when you never give up, when you when you go forward with integrity, um, amazing things can happen. So theirs is a story of success, and it's one I really look forward to telling today. Um, good morning, guys. Hello, Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, hey, listen, so. Where have you been in the world? You guys have been all over the world to we, see a beautiful, more beautiful sunset. We really, uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast is the most beautiful sunset, I, and I've been a lot of places to see it. Yeah, and and probably the best place to see it is the South Beach Tower. Yeah, the, the way that and it I looks toward toward the west. Right. What a beautiful, <clears throat> what a beautiful view that is. We were had dinner there last night at the uh, Prime Cut, and the sunset was just phenomenal. It, it was unbelievable. Have you seen a, a more pretty sunset? Not not really, Ricky. I mean, it's. You know, when you're talking about that, one of my memories is is that um, when we originally met one of our original partners, which was a guy named Cy Red, who was from Philadelphia, Mississippi, when he first came down here, um, when we were t- first talking about the project and everything, one of the things he always said is, this is the best kept secret in the United States. And uh, that's something, I guess, that's always stuck with me because yeah. I was born and raised here, and I never really felt that, and it never really hit me until he said those words to me, and well, that was kind of... I look forward to telling the story of Cy Red in this conversation today because it's so interesting how he learned about you guys. And he really didn't know about the Mississippi Gulf Coast. He was up in Las Vegas doing his thing. Right. So we'll have we'll talk about that story. But it is it is a it is a very special place. It really is. So in talking to you guys, I was so interested to learn that at the age of fifteen your paths crossed. Correct. <laughs> so so, Rick, you were born in Alabama. What, uh, what what age were you when you came to Mississippi? Uh, about four or five. Yes. In fact, where I live now, uh, the house we lived when we moved here when I was five years old was a block away. Oh, really? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> really is. Yeah. But uh, I was out in my front yard on 53rd Street uh, talking to my neighbor, Emily Kahn, and I uh, see these guys coming up on bicycles. And uh, I walk out there and start talking to them, and uh, Terry was coming to meter uh, he said the girls were prettier in Bioview than where he was <laughs> and so he was coming to check out what they had heard about and uh his, his buddy victor was with him and uh victor met emily that day and uh and those two are together to, well, until today well as you know i was raised in Bioview, and there's actually some truth to that there's definitely some truth to that no there's a lot of truth to that <laughs> so you were born in gulfport Yes, sir. I uh-huh. was I was yeah. born and raised in um, Gulfport. Matter of fact, I think I was born at the Navy base. I don't even think the hospital was here at the time. Mm-hmm. I've heard my dad t- tell that story many times. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was born and raised here and went to um, Central Elementary School, East Junior High, and then Gulfport High, and then of course after that I went to University of Southern Mississippi. So you so you met that day in Bellevue, and you you act, you stayed in touch with each other after yeah. that. Yeah, all through all through high school, and then he went off to uh, go to college and i went off to go to work <laughs> and uh so what, what did what did you do when, when you left to go to work what well my do? father was in the electrical contracting business and so uh i started with him and i lasted about three weeks Uh-oh. i just I, I, we were working at a on a job and a big job and and the boss came by and said ricky if you can't find somewhere to hide you're gonna have to go home <laughs> so i went and hid for about 15 minutes i said you know what this is just not right so i i i, I Clocked out, went home, said, Daddy, I ain't doing this no more. Wow, wow. So, And I went from there to the clothing business. And and that's the advent of uh, Carter's menswear? No, I went to uh, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, 
my uncle opened up a clothing store called Ellis Men's Clothing. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And so we uh, we so he sold out to a company in Clearwater, Florida, and he opened other Ellis Men's Clothing. And that got me back on the coast. Mm-hmm. We had Ellis Men's Clothing on Pass Road. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought it was Ellis Sloan for a long time, and mm-hmm. I call a bunch of slack for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I left that. I went to the wholesale clothing business. Mm-hmm. It's it's just amazing how little moves that you make and little decisions you make can affect your future and mm-hmm. going wholesale clothing but it's affected our future mm-hmm. and then and then it it developed and, and, and then after i did wholesale business i got tired i, I had my first son joel in 1978 i got I, I, I got tired of traveling and not being able to be at home so uh we moved back to gulfport uh, rented a little house on commerce street from steve wilson and opened up carter menswear and how long did you have that business uh i left it in 83 and uh, uh, Carol Malone taught me into going to the restaurant business, mm-hmm. which was another good move. Yeah, yeah. And well, <clears throat> during the time I was in the uh, clothing store, Terry walks in mm-hmm. to get a suit. I, and he, he had grown like 12 <laughs> inches since I'd seen him. I mean, how, 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 yeah, I, I, I grew a lot from high school to college. I, I grew real late. I think in high school, I was probably about 5'10", 5'11". When I graduated, when I came back from college, I think I was 6'5". Wow. And I told him, I said, my God, what are you eating? <laughs> Southern Miss was good to you, Terry. Yes, it was. <laughs> to the top. And so he was telling me all about his, his construction business. And so yeah. Carol Malone was my partner. And uh, so I gave my interest to the to the company back to my father. And my mother and, and brother ran it until yeah. about 80, 87. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I've told a lot of people, I'm, I'm sure glad I didn't know how good we were doing, because if I'd have known her, I'd have probably stayed. <laughs> <laughs> so you left Southern Miss, and where did you go from there? Well, I came back to um, Gulfport for a while, and um, I, um, my dad was uh, in the construction business and everything, so I kind of talked him into building a spec house. So we built a spec house, and of course, at that time, things weren't moving real fast, and yeah. we'd finished the house and everything. In the meantime... Um, I learned a lot about building a house from the ground up because me and my father had done it together. So um, I went out to Houston to visit some friends of mine for the weekend, and I was telling them about I was interested in home building. And uh, this close friend of mine, Leslie Dennison, can you finish? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, told me, um, "Hey, if you want to be a home builder, let me show you something." So we went out on the edge of town, and as far as you could see was Soul Sign. So basically, I thought to myself well this is the place i need to be so i went back home told my dad i was packing up moving to houston and um that's what i did and so when we come back we'll finish the story of developing your your construction business then you guys went into the restaurant business and then shit will shift to uh how did you get into the gaming business correct we'll be back right after the after the break with uh rick carter and terry green Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgolfcoast.com. From the Gallo Radio Show Archives. In the house, Mike Hurst. When I started at the end of 2017, sadly, our office had gotten so low during the last administration. I think in FY16, we prosecuted 11 
illegal immigration cases, 11, which is is embarrassing. First year I was there, we had jumped almost 700 percent to 77 prosecutions. And, Paul, that number I think is going to increase very much more this year. We are continuing to see illegal immigration uh, impact crime around the state. I'll give you a perfect example. About a month ago, we prosecuted an illegal alien who had brought nine kilos of heroin and one kilo of fentanyl through our state. Now, to give your listeners an idea of what 2.2 pounds of fentanyl will do, that will wipe out a million people, Paul. That'll wipe out a third of our state. This has been another Gallo Radio Show audio archive. So you probably already know, Adventures Pub and Spirits has won awards for local favorites hangout on the coast and best bar on the coast. But you may not know that Adventures also features an excellent lunch special menu Monday through Friday. Homemade lasagna, burgundy beef tips, chicken fried steak, oh, shrimp creole, and more for only $8.95. Oh, my personal favorite, the seafood pie loaded up. Lump crab meat, shrimp and cheese, baked in a flaky pie crust. Adventures Pub and Spirits, one block north of the Hard Rock, next door to City Hall on Lemuse. When the power goes out, you feel helpless. Stumbling in the dark, especially during a hurricane, is dreadful. Bay Motor Winding wants you to have your comfort and independence. A Briggs & Stratton standby generator system from Bay Motor Winding will automatically power your entire home, keeping the lights, appliances, and cooling running smoothly. Select Briggs & Stratton generators come with a 10-year parts and labor warranty. Visit baymotorwinding.com before the power goes out. Here's the Sports Medicine Minute by Bienville Orthopedics. My name is Dr. Jeff Noblin. I'm an orthopedic surgeon with Sports Medicine from Bienville Orthopedic Specialist. I came here about 20 years ago, actually this month, uh, and did not have a sports medicine program on the coast, and I was brought in at that particular point just to try to help spearhead the program. The injury patterns have pretty much stayed the same. I think you have more, obviously, knee injuries. I think the biggest change over the last 20 years has been the occurrence of non-contact knee injuries with soccer players, with female players um, in that realm. Concussions, obviously, at the forefront of everyone's discussion, but uh, the other aspect is whether these turf fields have influenced the type of injuries, and for the most part, I don't think they have. They the Injuries are a different type, maybe not as severe, uh, but they're still there. Obviously, you get a little bit more uh, shoulder injuries and hand injuries and other things like that with football, uh, but from a knee standpoint, I think soccer is continuing to rise from the injury standpoint. Bad injuries is probably almost nearly equal. Bienville Orthopedics, Mississippi's largest orthopedic practice since 1981. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back uh, to Coast View. We've got Rick Carter and Terry Green, the, the co-owners and sole owners of the Island View Casino. And they've got such an inspirational story. We just got finished talking about, you know, where they came from, how they met, and where we were in the conversation as Terry was headed to Houston to start a construction business. Terry, why don't you continue that and sure. then talk about how you guys ultimately came back together again. Sure. So basically, I went out to Houston and um, just kind of at that time, it was Boom City. And, you know, if you had a little bit of hustle about yourself, I think you could you could do pretty good. And a lot of people did. And I was one of the fortunate ones that I met some people. Um, we started a construction business. I ended up building houses. And then that led into apartments and I did some apartment projects and things of that nature. And I've basically been doing that for about 30 years. It's wow. kind of my side job, I yeah, guess you would yeah. say. And so, Rick, you got into the restaurant business with Carrie Malone during that time. Correct. And uh, <clears throat> opened up a Catfish Shack at Lafayette, and uh, it did very well. Mm-hmm. And so then I got the franchise to Houston, 
And I went over to Houston looking at locations, and I remember Terry telling me that he was uh, in the construction business, so I contacted him, and we got together, and he built our restaurant in, in Houston. Mm-hmm. And he did a fantastic job with it. And at that time, oil just crashed. I think it went down to like $20 yes. a barrel. And there was more U-Haul trailers leaving Houston as I'm opening up this new <laughs> restaurant. So it was it was tough. Yeah. And so the the housing business got bad, and Terry said, you know, I just don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, well, go find us another location. We'll do another one of these. And I had a little program I designed to where, you know, the We'd get the, the the money to do the out partial pad. Terry would do the construction, and we'd save enough money on the construction that we could fill the restaurant with equipment. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he went over to San Antonio, called me uh, after about three or four weeks, and said, "Oh, I got us a site." And so we opened up at that time. Uh, we changed the concept, and uh, we we added a lot of different things to it, and we and we opened up the first Acadiana Cafe. Mm-hmm. And it did pretty good, but it didn't. I always comparing everything to what happened in Lafayette. Lafayette was just gangbusters. We had an hour and a half wait every night, <clears throat> and so uh, Terry fixed it, and we got it open. It was doing good, and and me and Terry and his brother and Floyd Wagner, Uncle Floyd, that we had all the way through this deal, were living in an apartment there. All of us in in, in one two like college local. days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, so we was headed back to Gulfport, and we were supposed to be going to look at another location. Was it in Austin or? Yeah, I believe so. And uh, I told him, I said, Terry, you know, this concept has is not proven enough. Let's give it a little bit of time and make sure we're making the right decision before we go out and open another one. Right. And Terry said, well, the only thing I know is better than what we're doing is a slot machine. <laughs> I said, well, I hear there's a boat uh, operating in Biloxi that's doing pretty good. He said, "You're kidding! It's, it's legal down there." And I said, "I don't know the. I don't. All I know is I heard one's going out. So, if we wouldn't have had that conversation at that minute, right, it scares me to death. What would have happened?" So, Terry, what <clears throat> made you say that? Well, um, I have some partners that were from Las Vegas, and um, is Mr. Becker Senior was his name, and um, he is um, Howard Hughes bought one part of town back in the day, and his father bought the other part of town. Wow! So. They were very good partners. I was in the real estate business. But one thing that we always talked about is Mr. Becker, um, with all his shopping centers and things of that nature, he would always keep the slot machine route. Mm-hmm. So they would have, a say, a drugstore where there'd be 10 slot machines in it. Well, the Beckers would always retain those slot machines. So I became real close with one of his oldest sons, which was Ernie Becker Jr., and he'd always tell me, he said, boy, in bad times in Vegas, he said, when real estate gets slow, and he said, you know, there's always a cycle in real estate. He says, these slot machines always pulled us out. So he would always tell me, if there's any way you can figure out how to get a slot machine. So it's just something that what, what a great, stuck in my mind. What, a, what an important conversation as you yeah. pointed out. I, I, so, I mean, just like I said, it scares me to death if we would not have had that conversation. So, Rick, you, so what you're referring to is a Europa Star right. had opened in 1987 in Biloxi, right. and that got your attention uh, it, i didn't know a whole lot about it It didn't get my attention really but when terry said slot machine then i said well there, there's some in biloxi and i had no idea that there were slot machines under in mississippi yeah. at that time because i so, was in houston it, and that's, that's, that's when we had the radio phones yeah and so i called my brother at the clothing store and i said get get me two tickets out on that boat we're, we're driving in tonight <laughs> we drove right straight 
then we might have stopped in Houston and got some clothes. So you <clears throat> so you start started to think about how we're going to get a boat that could do this. When we went out and it started and they opened the casino, I said, Terry, this is me. This yeah. is this is what we need to do. He said, I agree. How are we going to do it? I said, I don't know. <laughs> but one thing one thing that we both agree because we were both from Gulfport, and so that. And we thought, and we thought, well, there's one in Biloxi. Why shouldn't there be one in Gulfport? The old, the old camaraderie between Gulfport and Biloxi, I think, you know. So, t- so you went to the state port of Gulfport and right. began to have some conversations. Correct, and uh, we ended up uh, getting the agreement, and it was posted in the newspaper that that we had we had got to deal with the state port, and this was 1988. And I, one one thing I hate to interrupt you, Rick, but. Talking about Rick, one thing I thought was so important is people always ask you, "How did you do this?" or "How did you come about this?" I think that meeting at the port with that one guy that wrote one article about local boys bringing cruise ship to Mississippi. I think that is about an eighty percent chance of why we are where we are today. Because without that guy writing that one article, I don't think we would have ever met Cy Red. So yeah, so Cy Red reads that article, right? right. And, and he, what, what did he do? He called uh, Dick Malpas up in uh, Philadelphia because I was from Union, Mississippi, and he knew the Malpas family very well. And he said, I need to know uh, an attorney in South Mississippi that I can trust. And Dick Malpas said, call Hugh Keating. Yeah. And so he called Hugh, and uh, Hugh called me, and he said, some guy from Vegas is going to call you. And I said, uh, what, what's he, what's he, he said, he, he just wants to talk to you about the casino boat you're bringing in. And I said, okay. And so about three weeks later, I get the call from Cy. I'd even forgotten he was going to call. <clears throat> and I, uh, he's, he was such a character. I mean, he said, uh, well, Mr. Carter, I hear you got a, a, a lease with the port to bring in a, a ship. Have you got, have you got your, your, your stuff yet? And I said, no, sir. We're, we're just, we're, we're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got the lease. We were trying to go out and find somebody that, we were the, in the food and beverage business. So we were going to operate the food and beverage. We were going to lease out all the other parts of the vessel. That's how they did it. We went down to Miami, went out on Sea Escape and saw how they did it. Yeah. And talked to everybody there and talked to the captain and then, and they kind of gave us the game plan on what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he said, oh, well, I might be interested in, in the casino part of it. And I said, well, Mr. Red, I said, I was still living in Lafayette at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, do you have enough money to, to, to do the whole thing and, and not be in a cash flow bind because this business is, takes, uh, takes a lot of cash? And he said, uh, he said, yeah, I like your style, Rick. He said, I'll send you some information on me. And you let me know what you think. And so we hung up. I called Terry. I said, Terry, call your buddy uh, Beckers and ask him who Cy Red is. So you you go for that. Yeah, it was. I'll never forget that conversation <laughs> because I basically called Ernie Becker and I said, um, Ernie, I said, there's a guy from Las Vegas that wants us, you know, wants us to come out there and meet with him about um, an idea that me and Rick have about a, bringing a gambling ship to go for it. Uh, Mississippi, and I says, um, this guy from Las Vegas has called us, and I said, I don't, you know, I don't know who he is, so I want to ask you your opinion. He said, well, who, who's the guy's name? And I said, well, his name is Cy Red. It was a pause on the phone. And he goes, Cy Red wants to meet with y'all? <laughs> I go, yeah, why? Who is Cy Red? He says, Terry. 
He says, Cy Red invented the electronic slot machine. He's, he owns IGT. And I suggest if he wants to meet with y'all, you better get out here as quick as you can. Wow. So Terry, Terry called me and said uh, he had just sold IGT for mm-hmm. like $750 million, oh, I mean, a well, ton of money. Whatever the was, yeah. <laughs> and so I called Cy back, like, this is like 45 minutes from when I was talking to him. And I said, Mr. Red, I said, uh, I realize I made a mistake questioning you. Uh, <laughs> Can you see us at nine o'clock in the morning? <laughs> and we went out, cut the deal with him, and started. So at this point, um, the story of the boat, how you got the boat, is is a, is a great story. But to shorten it, you, the boat was was that already in process? The boat that you no, found? No, okay. no. Well, I had looked. I, I I flew all over the world looking at boats. We were looking at uh, at at cargo boats. Yes. So we were. It, it was not going to be as big as it was. Yeah. And so yeah. I said, we need a bigger boat. Yeah. And I said, well, I, I can find them too. So you found one in Greece. Found one in Greece. Went over. Uh, Terry was. Uh, so I put up his financial statement for Terry to go borrow the money. And uh, so I'm I'm on a flight to London to close. I think this is like on a Monday to close on a Wednesday. Uh-huh. And Terry, I'd call him. Hadn't got it yet. The loan hadn't closed yet, and like, we get to London, and I'm 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 in my room waiting for a phone call, about to have a heart attack. That I'm fixing to have to go tell the guy from Greece that I don't have the, the money to close. Terry called me. Uh, I guess it was late that night. Right. <clears throat> I said, "Man, we finally got the loan." I said, "Jesus." And so, what, what tell people what you were listening to? Oh, that that song had just come out. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> And I bought it and put it on a headset, and li- I must have heard it a thousand times before I got that final call. Wow! From. So the first ship, you, you the, the first ship we got, and we were doing a uh, press conference at the port, showing them all our big beautiful ship, all beautiful pictures on it, and the, the press conference was phenomenal. Yeah. So we get back, me and Terry's high five, and we're just we're just, we're in cloud oh, nine, man. and. Uh, Phone rings when we get back. We converted the old warehouse into a cruise vessel. I mean, into a, a, a marina. No, yeah. Terminal. 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 Yeah. And so uh, I get a phone call, and it's the guy that broke the ship. And I said, I said, what's up? He said, your ship's sinking. <laughs> I said, man, that's not funny. He said, I know it's not. It's true. He said, a Greek freighter just hit it, and it is sinking as we speak. So this is a great place to stop. So what we're going to do is when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the ship that didn't sink and what happened after that. What a great conversation, guys. I look forward to coming back after the break. Everyone in my family uses electricity differently. But when it comes to our Touchstone Energy Cooperative, we all think about it the same way. The co-op is power. power. Sure, electricity turns the lights on, but power is the information I get from my co-op about efficiency, safety, technology, and I trust the co-op. Because we We are are the the co-op. They're our neighbors. Our friends. Our home. Brought to you by Coast Electric and Singing River Electric, your Touchstone Energy Cooperatives. 
In the house, none other than the executive director of MDA, Glenn McCullough. No less than CNBC last week said Mississippi is taking the lead along with North Carolina, I think in Montana and Rhode Island. They mentioned Hingle Shipbuilding and the integration of young students into the workplace. was with the Toyota Wellspring Fund uh, with the principal from New Albany High School. He said our 10th graders right now work on equipment that's in the Toyota Corolla assembly plant in Blue Springs. And they are so energized and excited, they cannot wait to go to work and assemble automobiles. All of our work on drones, all of our work on uh, building helicopters, our radar systems, forests, automobile entry. There's a lot of good things going on that you only hear here because most of the media out there would not tell you. We tune into the Paul Gallo Show, Super Talk Mississippi. I'll use that as a promo. Thank you, sir. (laughs) From the Gallo Archives. Just like money Walgreens here. We like the way you save. Take coffee. You know it doesn't have to cost $4 a cup, so you make your own. And co-pays on Medicare Part D. You save up to $5 and get 100 balance rewards points on each prescription when Walgreens is your preferred pharmacy. Save smartly on Med D. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Copay savings on Tier 1 generic drugs available through select plans that include Walgreens as a preferred pharmacy. Points cannot be earned in Arkansas, New Jersey, or New York. Complete details at walgreens.com balance. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Is the blinding sun making it hard to watch the game on your TV? Solar Control can help. Installing 3M window film blocks up to 90% of the sun's glare. 3M window film also blocks 99.9% of damaging UV rays so nothing will fade. All 3M window films from Solar Control come with a lifetime warranty. Free estimates are available. Call 872-0805. Solar Control in Ocean Springs. South Mississippi's only authorized 3M window film dealer. Don't squint, get tint. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 228-254-3071. From the Gallo Archives. In the House, first time since 2014 Senate race, Chris McDaniel. Looking back on the election in 2014, if Chris McDaniel had not so vehemently rejected the result after the election and marched on, 
you would today be a viable candidate, either for lieutenant governor or for governor. I thought what occurred there was beyond the pale. They called me a Klansman. They called me a racist. They called me the most despicable things in the world. And we know good and well there were crossover votes that occurred and the evidence was strong. You ever talked to Thad Cochran after that? I tried on several occasions. Oh, is that right? You know, he, he never did return my call. And I always wanted him to know that I respected him as an individual. And, and But the disagreements didn't change that respect that I had for him. Are you looking forward to the next session? Uh, yes, sir, very much so. It's the first time in some time I'm not going to be in timeout. The powers that be have a way of punishing if you step out of line, so to speak. You know that. I know that because George Flash taught me that. <laughs> right, so. From the Gallo Archives. The Mississippi Power Weather Center. Your weather now. Now. Get out and enjoy the sunshine while you can today. Mostly sunny with a high near 61. Clouds will begin to roll in tonight. The low right around 49 or so. Cloudy tomorrow. High near 70. Tomorrow night, a 50% chance of showers, possibly some thunderstorms. Mainly after midnight, cloudy. The low 61 on Friday. Cloudy once again, high 71. Visit MississippiPower.com slash ways to save to learn about programs and resources that can help you save energy and money on your electric bill. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Well, we're having a fascinating conversation with Rick Carter and Terry Green about their working together, their collaboration in their business and the evolution of gaming on the coast, literally. Um, so the first, the first ship sunk. Correct. And then you found a second ship. And now it's on the way. Right. Pick up from there. Well, it was. It took uh, about a week to get here. And uh, Terry and I and uh, a few friends got on a boat and met it out at, at Ship Island mm-hmm. and, and rode it in. It was, mm-hmm. it was just so surreal. <laughs> and uh, we got it in, and we had to remodel the ship to make it a casino. And uh, we cruised, I believe uh, it was... I think it's January of '89 mm-hmm. was our first cruise. Mm-hmm. January, February, our first cruise. And what was interesting about the the Europa Star, which is the casino that opened in, or the the boat that opened in two, 1987, they had um, a lo- some court battles about where where you know international water started. Was it three miles off the coast of Mississippi? Right. Was it three miles off the Barrier Islands? But you guys decided coming into this, the first of all, because of the draft of the boat, is that the yes. reason? Uh, you couldn't. You weren't going to be riding around in the sound. We couldn't go in the sound if we wanted to. Yeah, but you. But essentially, you were headed to international waters. Correct? Yeah, that, that was our game plan from day one, Ricky. That um, we always thought that um, you know, we wanted to abide by the law, and um, that our vessel was a big enough vessel so that people would not get seasick on because that's one of the big problems that the smaller boats were ha- smaller boats were having during that time. So when we put our business plan together, we always intended on going into international waters yeah i remember i was on one of those first cruises because i was curious like everybody else how does this work i remember literally a lock on the on the on the gaming area and when we we arrived in international waters you'd unlock it what was the impact of that downtime oh it was was terrible we it'd take us an hour to an hour and a half to get out yeah so so you're looking at two to three hours worth of dead time Mm -hmm. so i came to us and said we're not generating enough revenue we got to get we got to be able to do it when we leave, mm-hmm. and so so were people. So let's let's go through this. So initially, what was in order to be legal, you had to you had to have everything locked up until you got to international waters. Then you could unlock, and then there was a second stage, which is 
the, the path you chose to take, which is legislative, to right. say what specifically? Well, we went up to Jackson, and uh, we had it, it was too late to introduce bills, so we had to get the rules suspended, which took a two-thirds vote. And uh, six weeks later, we got the law passed to allow us to, as soon as we left the harbor, to open the casino. It was called the Cruise Vessel Gaming Act of 1989. That's the same law that governs us today. Wow. It was changed to allow for dockside, yes. and it was amended to allow for the 800 rule. That wow. Governs. So how were, you, how were you able to, were you going to say something, Terry? Yeah. 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 After, after that law was passed, we, I don't think a lot of people really realized, but that was almost like breaking the door down. <laughs> I mean, that was the first time, I think, that any state had passed any kind of gaming law outside of Las Vegas and Atlantic City. Las Vegas and Atlantic City, and, and then we the, the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and it and it and it it went crazy. Louisiana passed it about a year later for them. What and was interesting to me in, in preparing for this conversation is what what happens is there's a there's a, a, a small discussion in history when you when you do the, your internet searches about the boats that were that came initially like Europa Star, but then the next thing is 1990 and you know, dockside game. Right. What what we what's missing right. in the history? I think maybe some books spelled this out well. What's missing in the history is that moment that you guys worked during those six weeks to get the rules suspended and a bill passed in a in a state that had a history of not supporting Correct. gaming. How did you do that? Well, it was very very careful planning. Uh, Hugh Keating and I went up, and Buddy Medlin was the hottest in in the state as a lobbyist. We mm -hmm. went and met with him. But we knew we had to have more than what he had. And so we asked him, who's the young whippersnapper up here that, that you could not get a, uh, them to pass anything for you, but he can. Yeah. And he said, Scott Livingway. Yeah. So yeah. we went and hired Scott Livingway. Yeah. And between the two of them, we got enough votes to get it passed. And you, but to, have to, to yeah. be able to suspend the rules to introduce gaming, was we were told it was impossible. It would never happen. Yeah, it was literally a substantial right. watershed <clears throat> moment as it related to the history. Of the well, game. when when we when the law was passed and Hugh and I are headed back to the coast, Hugh said, "Pull over just a second. And I, and I said, "What? Well, you, you all right?" He said, "No, I just wanted to reflect on. I don't think you realize what we just accomplished." Wow. And I think Hugh Kitty picked up on it faster than all of us because, yeah. and I think exactly what you said, Rick. I think that's a gap that people didn't realize because without that law being passed, I don't think we would have seen gaming in the state of Mississippi. So it's, it's amazing. So let me ask you this: Was Cy happy? Oh my! After he was just he was elated. Yeah. He, you know, he thought it was going to be yeah. the answer. And yeah. one one thing, a story that I remember when we first got into this business and we were sailing in the ship, we, we were having a dinner with Cy one night. It was Rick, myself, um, Cy, and his wife, and Cy started talking to me and Rick about having gaming in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> Rick, Rick looked at each other like, are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, Mississippi will never allow us to have it. But that was that was before we had even really started the business. But that was already in the back of Sy's mind. And it's just amazing the foresight that that guy uh, he, had. He was amazing. It was unbelievable. I, I asked him, I said, Sy, you've sold out of business. You're, at this time, he was like 72 years old. Oh, he was about 82, I, I think. No, he was, you know, he was about 70. He was in the 70s. And I, yeah. said, I said, why would you want to get back in business? He said, 
because I'm from Mississippi, ah. and I've always wanted to bring something back to Mississippi. He supported Southern Miss. Yeah. He bought them their first printing press up there. Wow, that's that's incredible. So, so at one point along the way, though, you moved, the, the ship moved to Galveston. Correct. Correct. What, what, what well, precipitated that? What, what happened is um, we, just, we weren't making enough money, so Cy basically came to us and said that, um, he said, guys, he said, you know, we had a great run at that time. Um, he said, we're just not making the money. I just don't want to pour any more money into it. And at that time, I had been working on Galveston because when we first put the program together, we thought we were going to make all this money in Mississippi. Well, I'm sitting here in Houston, Texas, saying, well, Galveston. We were going to have two boats. We would have two boats. And I asked Cy, he said, oh, yeah. So but while I was over there working on getting preparations to do the boat in Galveston and getting the rights and everything, that's when um, that's when the – the ship wasn't making any money, and Cy was basically going to shut it down. Yeah. So I begged, me and Rick begged Cy, and he said, well, i tell you what. He says, y'all start running the business then. So he basically gave us the strings. He gave us enough money to make one payroll and to get the boat to Galveston. Wow. Yeah, me and Rick had to personally guarantee food. Um, We did all kind of things to get it going, but what happened in in Galveston is that it exploded over there because – there were six and a half million people there, and yeah. the, and the uh, income, the money, where normally in Mississippi, somebody, and I'm just giving an example, would bring $100, they would bring $1,000 over there. So it, it just it exploded over there. But uh, what happened over there is once we left, then people started coming to Rick and myself saying, gosh, man, when y'all were here, the hotels were filling up, the restaurants. I think the main thing, Rick, is people, when I-10 got, when we put I-10 through here, it killed this Mississippi Gulf yeah, Coast. Yeah. Everybody get on I-10 and go straight to Florida. Well, when we put that, when we had the ship here and you could gamble, people were stopping on the way going to Florida on I-10. And so what happened was when we when that ship left, everything started drying back up. So the local people started getting behind us and asking, what can we do to get y'all back? And that's when um, Cy and Rick and I said, well, let's just tie up to the dock instead of going to you know instead of going out to international. That was another side tie up to the dock. Yeah. That was something side yeah. came up yeah. with, and that's what revolutionized, I think, everything. So, so dockside gaming was passed, and you had um, you, it, it was passed because of such a tremendous support from our local, local legislators, all the public officials. A lot, and I mean, all just the work that everybody did. Was it was it was it was. Phenomenal. Everybody had the foresight that this could be a real industry in the state of Mississippi. So yeah. then there was a point where the where the boat stopped being the pride of Mississippi and became the Copa Casino. Correct, right. And uh, just before Hurricane Katrina, you you actually acquired a barge, right, and built the Copa, and it was just a proud opening, wasn't it? It was a very proud opening. We uh, uh it it took me and Terry from being just uh, well, we were the smallest in there, right. And I think we we became like the next to the smallest, <laughs> and then and and we were doing great. We were we were doing better than we ever dreamed we were right. could do. And then and Katrina then hits. That hits and it's, and it's sitting up on the highway. So so in the aftermath of Katrina, literally the Katrina story, I I do understand from my I was there with you guys. I walked so closely during that time. So we could spend two hours just on that. But along the way. Uh, Harris decided not to rebuild Gulfport and put the property up for sale. Correct. And you guys bought it. Correct. Yep. We flew out to uh, we flew out to Vegas and uh, sat down and negotiated with uh, their CFO and came home with a, with an agreement. 
contingent, contingent on passing the uh, local ordinance to allow it to be built. Casino so what we're going to do when we come back um, to close out the session, we'll um, just kind of talk about where you are today. What's what's the status of it today? And then I got a couple of things to ask you that are not related to your gaming business that I think people will be interested in hearing. No. So we'll be back with Rick Carter <laughs> and Terry Green right after the break. <clears throat> Hey, I'm Steve Azar, and you never know who or what you'll hear when I spend a Mississippi minute with my friends. We are with the fabulous Norbert Putnam as he played on so many hit records, you can't count them, and produced for some of the biggest acts ever. We got to talk Jimmy Buffett. One day at breakfast, he says, uh, I started a new song. So it's about a night and a day in, in Key West. I played a bar and I got drunk, and coming home, I stepped out of my flip-flop, and I just kept going. I stepped on a beer can. <laughs> the next morning, I'm up, and I'm hungover, and I'm trying to make a margarita. I got some shrimp boiling. I can't find the salt. I said, Jimmy, I kind of like that. And he said, yeah, I think I'll call it Margaritaville. In a Mississippi Minute. Be sure to check out In a Mississippi Minute with me, Steve Azar, right here on your local Super Talk Mississippi station, and now on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Here's the Sports Medicine Minute by Bienville Orthopedics. Hello, my name is Ekaterina Karpitskaya. I'm an orthopedic surgeon with Bienville Orthopedics, the one to trust. If you are having persistent aches and pains in the same body part, like your knee or your shin, that only happens when you run and persist after running and does not go away after a few days of rest, it's time to see a specialist such an orthopedic surgeon. How old is too old to start an active lifestyle? There's no such number. There are some Ironmen in their 80s. If there are some persistent injuries that are keeping you from running, there are other alternatives that you could try, such as swimming or riding your bicycle. While exercising or being active in the South Mississippi heat, it's very important to hydrate. Bienville Orthopedics, Mississippi's largest orthopedic practice since 1981. Are you going to be turning 65 in the next six months? You really need to start working on your options right now. For the last 50 years, you've trusted Gary Smith to help you with those options, and he's still here for you today. Start looking for a simple card in your mailbox. Not a piece of mail with an 800 number, but a simple card to say hello with a two number. That's Gary Smith. Talk to Gary and tell him what you're looking for and what you can afford for your Medicare supplemental insurance and Plan D prescription drug plan. That way you can keep your doctor and your meds. Call the Gary Smith Agency or visit online at GarySmithAgency.net. Our policy is taking care of you. You're standing in the 10 items or less line behind the guy with 12 items and a lady writing a check. Then you hear the cashier say, I need a price check on. You mutter to yourself, oh geez. Next time, come to Polk's Drugs. It's easy, it's convenient, and your prescriptions are filled in minutes. Hey, stay in the car and come through the drive-thru. And more than likely, Polk's takes your insurance. Cut your wait time. Come to Polk's Drugs in Biloxi and Ocean Springs. Or you can stand in line. You'll pick the no waiting time. 
Folks, Drugs, and Biloxi in Ocean Springs. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to the Coast View and with Rick Carter and Terry Green. What an amazing story of the history of gaming and the role that you guys played. There are these key moments along the way that had they not happened the way they happened, the Mississippi Gulf Coast, the state of Mississippi as it relates to gaming may not have happened. So thank you guys so much for your leadership and your determination and, and for, for a, what is a great story. But so where are you today? You've, I think you've invested over $400 million in your project That's today. Correct. So what's the status of the casino these days? Well, um, today I think we've had, from the time we have started this since Katrina to now, I think we've done 10 different phases over there. And, um, you know, right now we have, you know, close to a 1,000 rooms. We're number two in the market. I mean, it's a dream come true, Ricky. I mean, people ask me all the time, man, how did, how did y'all do that? And I always just say, hey, I think we just did it one day at a time because right. that's the only way I know how to explain it. I mean, it's like I have to pinch myself, and I think Rick feels the same way, that it was just a – it's just a kind of like a miracle. <laughs> like, you know what, Ricky? We had a good crew. We we yeah. have a team over there that is as dedicated to that as, as Terry and I are. Yeah, I know you. And, and I don't think if we didn't have the team we have, I'm not sure me and Terry wouldn't have taken our insurance money and went home. <laughs> so you got you got a, a smoking casino that's north of Highway 90, and I really like the non-smoking casino on the south side of uh, uh shame, shame on you for just seeing it for the first time yesterday yeah well my, you know my wife and i we, we enjoy we, we enjoy going out but we don't we don't you know we don't do it that much but i, I have to tell you it, it's an amazingly beautiful place and it's you feel you feel alive when you're in there it's just it's a completely different feeling and from it's the only casino i know of from floor to ceiling is all glass wow it's, it's and incredible. non-smoking so Cy died uh, and when so I died about four years ago. Yeah, and you you had the opportunity to speak to him. Yeah, his his nurse called me and he wanted to uh, wanted to see me, and mm-hmm. uh, so I fl- flew up to California, went to Solana Beach, mm-hmm. and he was uh, sleeping a lot because he, yeah. he was at the end of his life. Yeah, and uh, she came and got me, and he said he, he's awake, he wants to see you. And so he had, said, "Ricky, pull up a chair," <laughs> and I pulled up a chair. He said, "I just want to know one thing." He said, uh, are you making any money? <laughs> and, <laughs> Isn't that great? And patted me on the knee. Wow. And I said, Si, we're making a lot of money. And he yeah. said, that's my boy. <laughs> he wanted me. To, he wanted to make me a little size, what he said. <laughs> so, Rick, while we're at it, man, it's been, it's been amazing watching your kids um, start their real estate business, uh, Carter & Associates, and, um, and then watching Joel and his ascension as the senator representing his, his area. Very uh, proud of him. I, I bet I, you are. I wasn't uh, in favor of that, by the way. But uh, I told him, I said, Joe, we don't do politics. <laughs> he talked me into it, and so I got on board 100%. You, and he really feels, it feels like he's enjoying it, and he's doing a great job. Yeah, he's, he's, he's passed uh, two or three bills on his own. That make a, that make a real difference. And now the, the real estate firm continues to grow. Jake <clears> Carter <throat> and company is uh, is operating in uh, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida now. Wow. And uh, they just opened another office in Foley. They mm-hmm. have over 40 agents. Uh, uh, Century 21 just sent out a report yesterday mm-hmm. that out of the thousands of agents that they have, uh, Jake Carter and company is in the top 25. Wow, that's incredible. That's, that's awesome. I know you have to be proud. And Terry. Blown away. You've got. <laughs> A winner horse now. You're in the horse business, the racehorse business. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah, Rick, you know, it's just it's a love that I've always had ever since I was a kid. I've just loved horses. My grandfather had a few, and they used to always have to pull me off of because every time I was out there from the time I was six, seven years old, I just wanted to ride a horse. I don't know why, but it's just always been that way. So um, I've just been very fortunate to be able to uh, get in the thoroughbred business. I've had a real close friend of mine that's been in it for 40-something years, and he kind of got me in the door and I started buying a few horses with him and just really started enjoying it and everything. And my son-in-law came along and fell in love with the business. And so we kind of started a horse operation. We have a farm in Lexington, Kentucky now, and um, we breed and race some um, thoroughbred racehorses. And you won a very important race lately. Yes, recently. we won the Hopeful in New York, Saratoga, with a horse um, that we have. His name is Basin, and um, he's um, finished his two-year-old as a grade one winner. And um, now he's on his uh, three-year-old season and uh, we are going to run in arkansas probably first of march and it's on the derby trail so we hope and we've got all our fingers and toes crossed that maybe um we might make it in the kentucky derby well, does basin him. have his own facebook page or how could if people are <laughs> interested how would they follow what's happening uh, uh i think you could just um you can go on twitter and things like that yeah. my son-in-law is um ryan ponchick jackpot farms and um you can follow he's got a twitter account and um they they put a lot of that information on and um but and there's a lot of different organizations or uh, magazines that follow racing people kind of know where to find it at you can um, google his name and yeah, find it yeah, yeah. yeah. so you and i share something a love of the outdoors um you know hunting fishing Correct. uh rick you don't hunt or fish. I don't hunt or fish, <laughs> but I like yachting. I know you do, and you love sunsets, and you yes. love tranquility, yes. and and all of that. And and your son Jake and I, as you know, we Jake's we have a wonderful bond uh, in the outdoors, and he's a, a wonderful kid to be around. I love Jake as a son. Thanks. Well, I told you, I told you that this would be an amazing story of two doggedly determined men who. There's, you know, it just shows that there are just moments in your life you don't know when they're going to happen, that if you listen to them and pay attention, you have an opportunity to change the entire trajectory of your life. You can change your whole life if you, you believe did. in it. Amen. You did. So uh, what a great story. Thanks, uh, Rick. It's been a, it's been a, a pleasure, and uh, we'll look forward to tomorrow where we have John Hairston, the <laughs> CEO of uh, Hancock Whitney, and it's going to be a terrific conversation. Great guy. Great guy. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.